Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science. You name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is WandaVision Finale Nerd Out! I am your host, Austin, and with me, as always, is the amazing Amanda! The wild yet elusive Jekka. The rambunctious Bob. Hello. And Burn, Brady Burn. Good evening. Hey, folks, thanks for joining us. Obviously, we're talking WandaVision finale a little later, but we're also going to be talking all sorts of nerd news and rumors to include. Rumors of another Star Trek film by Star Trek Discovery writers. Reports are coming out saying Obi-Wan Kenobi will be in Disney Plus's Star Wars Andor series. A Japanese billionaire is offering eight people a free trip to the moon and more. So make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that podcast Subscribe button. You know what I'm going to say. Plus 10 Nerd XP to you. Nerd XP. We love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning Nerd XP. Nerd XP. But in the meantime, Jekka, what's nerdy with you? Um, so I'm not really sure if this is nerdy, but it just feels nerdy for me. But I've been indulging in a guilty pleasure of binge watching Wizards of Waverly Place. And I have come to the conclusion that they reflect a lot of my own family and just being weird, <laughs> especially like a lot. There's like a lot of episodes where the parents are like, we're going to be good parents. We will be to our children's school activities on time. And we won't be sitting in the overflow with the other bad parents. And of course they show up late and I'm like, Hey, that's my, they always showed up late to things. They were always in the back and I knew exactly where to look for them, but they were still great parents because you know, they were weird just like us. So that's kind of my nerdy thing is I've been indulging in Wizards of Waverly Place and it's like really funny and I yeah and I'm not a fan of like the Disney Channel stuff but this one I like it <laughs> cool Bob what's the nerdy with you man I've been uh, watching entirely too much Star Trek Lower Decks there mm. is no such thing as too much Lower Decks <laughs> uh, I feel like it's a combination of Family Guy and Star Trek <laughs> and just in just the right amounts. Yeah, <laughs> on uh, Paramount Plus now. Not yeah, CSL, I, I saw said. that. It, the app changed on my phone and I was like, hey man, I'm not paying for this. I'm paying for CBS All Access. But apparently now I'm paying for Guess Paramount what? Plus. Now yeah, now you're paying for Paramount Plus, apparently. So. Uh, the That's cool. Faces. I have, also, you seen, uh, have you seen it? Have you seen it before? Mm-mm. I uh, just started watching this weekend, and I'm like, I'm hooked. I was uh, <laughs> sitting in my, I was sitting in my sauna watching it on my phone. Oh, Amanda, luxury. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So we can discuss a sauna once I have a new refrigerator. I, <laughs> you know, Austin, you are always welcome to come up here and. Use my song. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, I've I've told Amanda that like, why do we have furniture when we could have an indoor hot tub? I know, like, right? I, like, because you want a PlayStation eventually. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> He's like, don't remind me. <laughs> what, what else have you been up to? Oh, I just, uh, I'm just about done with uh, Neil Gaiman's um, Stardust. Is it Stardust? Ooh, oh, it's yeah. been a while since I've read that. They just got dropped off from the uh, from the spoilers, and the spoilers are about to happen. And the I don't know much much beyond the spoilers. Have you read it before? No, I watched okay. the movie a long, long time ago. But so I I love the differences between the book and the movie because yeah. it makes it almost two different stories. Oh yeah, but some of the changes wouldn't have come off well in a movie. Um, but the differences between the book and the movie. Mm-hmm. And so some of the things in the book are very thought provoking or like um, ironic that just would not have come, come off well in the movie. Yeah. I haven't gotten to the point where it feel, really feels like a Neil Gaiman story. Cause the entire, the entire story really plays off like a fairy tale. It really does. Mm-hmm. Really and does. I know that was his intent, but I mean, where's the Neil Gaiman in it? You'll get there. Where's that weird twist? You'll get there. Yeah, you'll get You're there. Almost there. All right. All right. <laughs> well, I'll pass that back off to Austin. I'm sure he has something nerdy to do, like he looked in the mirror this morning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Wow. We love you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to throw it to Brady. What you, what's nerdy with you, man? I don't know if I can top that. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though. You mentioned Lower Decks, Bob, because uh, two weeks ago I binge watched that whole season. I forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah, I've been binge watched that. that. That and that is great. I've been looking for another show to watch. Like uh, my wife and kid have been watching Sherlock with. Uh, uh, Cumberbund, uh, oh, Cumberbund. Ma, whatever his name is. Yes. Yeah. So oh, uh, good. <laughs> is that his name? Anyway, yeah. mm-hmm. well, I was thinking about getting into that, but I haven't done much nerdy this past week. I did buy a recurve bow, bought a full Woo-hoo! size 60 inch. I, my, I mentioned before, my boys are in scouts. We like to do outdoor stuff. And although we're not necessarily hunters, we like to shoot the bows, right? Yeah. No, so, um, is super fun. Yeah. So, and you can't very well shoot a 22 in a subdivision. So I thought, you know what? Um, we'll get a, although he does have an M1 Garand airsoft gun and it, it looks, it looks real. Uh. I had to put extra orange tape on the end, but, um, but yeah, so I bought a little 25 pound full size recurve. Oh, nice. We've got a down b- beside our house inside of our fence. We've got probably 20 yards there. We can, oh, nice. we can shoot it, shoot it down there, bought a target and yeah, we'll be doing that. So now that it's warming up. You talking about that reminds me. So my my dad is like the hunter of hunters. Um, And my whole family has been in hunting since I can remember because my dad used to be an outfitter and really enjoys hunting. And um, he had all these magazines lying around. I was reading American Hunter one time and they talked about how golf courses will hire archers that have deer licenses to hunt the deer at night on the golf courses. Whoa. Wow. Because you can hunt legally in city limits with a bow and arrow. Wow. That's crazy. But can you light the arrows on fire? <laughs> 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 right arrow you can. <laughs> Is that legal? 
Because I want to see that on the fairway. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, I'm sure there's a white beer. rabbit episode then, about that. What? A white rabbit episode? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's really cool, Brady, because I got into archery a long time ago because my friend and her husband, like, it was when they lived up in Rexburg, Idaho, um, the BYU-Idaho school up there. They, like, she was, like, a TA for the archery class, and she got me into it, and like it was when I've only been shooting like gun shooting once. And I just remember I hated the kick and archery doesn't have that to the same extent. And I loved it. And I felt like I was much better at archery than I was at like gun. Sh- I mean, granted I've only gone shooting once and I only like got two guns, but even then it was enough that I was like, I don't like this. The closest <laughs> I like thing the kick. I can't aim, you know? And so like, ar- I've, I've been wanting to get back into archery yeah, the closest thing you can have, get, I, have, I think, I have a twenty-five pound recurve too. Love with it. With a bow, is if you forget your wrist protection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and if you don't have your wrist, your your arm position just right. Yeah. Ouch. Remind me about that again because <laughs> we can talk about a great book series that involves archery next week. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. And then there's us. We did nothing nerdy due to sick kids. Yeah. All right. Let's talk we- some nerd news. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, according to the director of Mortal Kombat, it will have unapologetically brutal fight scenes. So as a highly anticipated release of Mortal Kombat approaches, the director of the film, Simon McQuoid, is building up the hype for it. He's been excitedly talking about the movie, and in a recent interview with Total Films, he specifically teases the action and fight sequences that we will see, saying, quote, There's a lot of fighting in the film. Some fights are big, some are small, but my main goal was to make the fights mean something. I wanted the fights to look and feel like they didn't just sort of pop out of the story and then come back in. I didn't want anything generic. I didn't want anything that you could see in any action movie. The stunt team on this were just amazing. And they designed some pretty cool, incredible things. It's unapologetically brutal. We spent a lot of time talking about blood and what it looks like. (laughs) Sorry. I just thought that was awesome. Anyways, it's unapologetically brutal. We spent a lot of time talking about blood and what it looks like. But we just wanted to do it in a smart way. We have to make it mean something, and we have to make you care. When we need to push it to 10, we definitely pushed it to 10. So there was no one shying away from that. And there's one moment I saw today that had me leaping for joy. It's like Christmas morning every day in the editing suite at the moment. I go in and the effects company have revved everything up. I just can't wait for you all to see it. When asked about the possibility of a sequel in a Mortal Kombat cinematic universe, the director said, to be honest, that's going to be for the fans to decide. When you look back at the games and where they've gone with their worlds and their stories and their characters, obviously there's a lot to draw from, but let's not get arrogant here. Let's try and get the first one right first. 
end quote. All right. I've never heard of somebody, you know, compare Christmas morning to, uh, you know, brutal bloodbath. (laughs) You know, that that made me laugh. (laughs) I don't know. What do you guys think of this? I'm always I'm always super hesitant when it comes to any kind of a video game movie. I mean, seriously, while they do while they threw some kind of a backstory in the little pamphlet book that came with the game, I don't know how much actual story you can get out of Mortal Kombat. (laughs) But did you see the trailer that we talked about a week or two ago? I did, and it made absolutely no sense to me probably because i was never a big fan of the games but it was beautiful i wasn't either um but the trailer to me was just phenomenal i i i mean the visuals were great if it's just if it is just an hour and a half two hours of what they had in the trailer (laughs) that's that's worth eight or ten bucks to me right you know so my concern is this one here Austin <laughs> decided to show the kids the green band yeah, the green, trailer. There's a green band, and not I'm a like, red band. Why trailer. are you even showing to this to them? It's like showing them a green band trailer of Deadpool. You get about three seconds worth of shots, and they don't even get to see the movie after the trailer. That's a very uh, good point. <laughs> so why are you teasing a movie to them they will not get to watch for like check out this trailer for a years. movie you can see when you graduate <laughs> high school because i'm a responsible parent amanda you told me i couldn't show them the red band trailer so i showed them the green band trailer and then yes you're right they'll have to wait till they're at least 12 before they can see the movie and add to that <laughs> like the the green band trailer it's like less than a third of the red it, band it really is like the actual trailer is like close to three minutes the green, the green band's only it's only one minute <laughs> and in that trailer they tell you to go watch the other trailer too it's really? kind of funny. well i just remember watching that other trailer and i was like it seemed like they had a storyline going i mean it seemed like a very basic storyline like you know a prodigy or like a someone destined to like you know like a willow story you know like this little underdog that can potentially overthrow this like evil overlord kind of thing but i was just like i dig those stories like even though they they've been used over like that trope has been used many times like it's it's an easy one to like adjust and play play variances on it so i'm like okay yeah I'm, i'm willing to go give this a shot even though i too have never really played the games like Mortal Kombat to me is like that arcade game that I'm like at the nickel K that I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll give this a shot for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's my my siblings were obsessed with it and they knew the whole storylines. And when I would pick a favorite character, they're like, that's not a good character because of this, this and the storyline. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) I do the same thing that I do when I play rocket league. I just roll my face on the uh, controller until I do something. (laughs) Hey, I do that with Super Smash. I call it my meshing buttons phase. My meshing yeah. buttons technique. All right, moving on. Check this out, guys. Another Star Trek film project is in development with Star Trek Discovery writer Kalinda Vasquez. So Paramount Pictures 
is developing another original Star Trek film project with J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot producing. Uh, they've hired Kalinda Vasquez to write the script, and she's been working on uh, Star Trek Discovery as one of the script writers. Uh, and it's being reported that this is kind of a blind deal for an original movie that she's hatched, one that will expand her role in the Trek universe. And there's no there's no details regarding the story to share. But what I find most interesting about all this is if 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 you've been following all the Star Trek film production reports and rumors, this is like the umpteenth Star Trek film in production. And it's kind of got my, I'm kind of scratching my head. Like, what are they doing over there? The, the, the last Star Trek film that we saw was 2016 Star Trek Beyond. But since then, reports have come out that say the Rev, uh, Revenant's Mark L. Smith, Quentin Tarantino, J.J. Abrams, and Far, Fargo's Noah Hawley, they have all been working on separate Star Trek film projects. So this is like like the fifth or sixth one now, and there's there's additional reports that are coming out that maybe maybe those other projects are on hold, maybe it's due to COVID, but it, I couldn't imagine that they'd be on hold because they want to go with Kalinda Vasquez when they've got Quentin Tarantino and J.J. Abrams making movies. Like I'm pretty sure Paramount realizes Tarantino and Abrams would be a bigger draw to uh, movie theaters audiences than Kalinda Vasquez. No offense to you, but you don't have the name recognition, but I'm sure one of these days we'll get a new Star Trek movie in the theaters. We just, and we, but we just don't know which one it will end up being. Uh, in, in the meantime, the Star Trek TV shows, they're getting stronger than ever, but, but I don't know. What do you guys make of this additional Star Trek film rumor? I, I'm kind of getting to the point that I'm, because I really like Star Trek. Like, my mom's a diehard Trekkie fan, so I grew up watching them, um, specifically Next Generation. That's the one I'm most familiar with. But, um, like, I really enjoyed the movies, and I'm just like, hey, can we stop with all these rumors and just get one out? Like, I don't care if it's bad or not. I just want, like, a Star Trek movie at this point. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> do like, care if it's bad. <laughs> Very much I care if it's bad. Um. I was severely disappointed by Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, that was I, okay. I loved, I loved Into Darkness. Loved it. I thought it was a great rehash of Wrath of Khan. But the problem was that they just needed to spit out another one with uh, Beyond. And they didn't really have a good, it just felt like a really long Star Trek episode. Yeah, the thing I will say for Star Trek Beyond that I did like is that they didn't do like, so my biggest concern with sequels and anything is that the characters kind of de- go backwards in their development. And you didn't get that with Star Trek Beyond. Like, yeah, when you bring that up, I'm like, yeah, that was like an okay storyline. I still enjoyed it. Oh, but yeah. Definitely, I have not gone back and watched it since the theater. Into Darkness, however, I go back to that a lot. Um, but yeah, like, but I just remember like appreciating about Star Trek Beyond is that they did not like the characters didn't go backwards in their development. Like they were at a point that I would expect them to be for how long they've been together kind of thing. I don't know. Like I pay attention to that kind of character development stuff. So I felt like that was the one good thing going for it. Mm -hmm. But yeah. You know, I'm wondering if maybe this, this 
Star Trek Discovery writer is making a film for Paramount Plus specifically. Kind of like how Netflix does their their own mm. internal movies, yeah. but maybe maybe this is not one that they're planning on bringing to the big screen. Maybe it's just going to be for Paramount Plus. Because I mean, it sounds like they're really trying to ramp up the the content for Paramount Plus with all the TV shows, and so maybe this is a Star Trek Discovery specific film. I don't know. Even though the rumor is saying it's original Star Trek, I don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Or. We'll or this thought just occurred to me too. They're probably trying to figure out how to allocate like their current budget. Cause you know, like COVID took a hit on a lot of these studios. And so they're probably trying to figure out like they probably, I feel like it sounds like maybe they want to do all these movies and they're all for it. They just have to figure out the money situation. You know, the money's the limiting mm-hmm. factor in this case. And so they have to kind of be strategic with what they go with first, because they'll definitely need like that first movie like Bob pointed out, like to really be able to progress with the other ones, you're going to really need that first one to kind of kick it off. Yeah. And also keep in mind, uh, they've really been investing in Star Trek over the past year and a half, two years with first discovery then Picard and lower decks. And now we're talking strange new worlds. And then the uh, possibility, possible rumor of section 40, 47, 57. I can't remember. Uh, Regardless, you, if they're going to do a Star Trek movie, now's the time. But they, what they really need to do is try and not do it on a current franchise. Don't do another TNG or TOS film. Do something new. Do something new in the same universe. You can reference everything else. But let, let's see something new if you're going to do anything. And the Star Trek uh, Discovery writers are the perfect people to tap for that because... They have taken something, or they've taken a Star Trek show that they took completely off the rails and went completely the other direction than they normally do with Star Trek. So if anybody can get it done, it, I think it's going to be them. All right, moving on. Okay, yeah, moving on. <laughs> moving on, moving on. Okay, so check this out. According to Marvel actor Anthony Mackie, the Falcon has been... In- Tony Stark eyesed in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So Marvel's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier drops on Disney Plus later this month. And we are going to get to see the story of Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes continue as they once again face off with Baron Zemo. Uh, you know, Anthony Mackie, back in the role as Sam in the series, had a recent interview with Disney's D23 magazine in which he says that he, Sam, is taking fewer chances with his life after having been blipped out of existence and then blipped back in five years later. And according to the actor, Falcon is mo- more Tony Stark-ized, explaining, quote, the wings have become much more pliable, much more dynamic. He's much more of a winged force. Coming out of Endgame and being blipped out and blipped back in, It seems this time around, he really appreciates being alive. He's been even more Tony Stark-ized than before. Series showrunner Malcolm Spellman has previously talked about the story and how it will address the blip, saying, quote, There's no hiding from the fact that four billion people in the MCU disappeared for five years and then came back. 
And our show picks up from there and directly talks about what the world feels like to be in flux in dealing with one global issue. When the pandemic hits and the entire planet has to come together and deal with it, the synergy there is perfect. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, guess what? Coming out March 19th, right around the corner. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm excited about this one. You know, I it, it had been a while since I had seen uh, uh, Winter Soldier, right? Since I'd seen that movie. And we watched it uh, a week ago, two weeks ago, something like that. And uh, Anthony Mackie does such a good job at that. And looking at the trailer and specifically in the context of the wings and how they've been Tony Stark eyes, I think that's great because he's just a guy with that, right? And I think the more that they can superhero him up um, is better. But I'm also really – I didn't think about it, but I'm also really intrigued by the actual storyline. The, the trailers look great. They're cinematic quality. It looks like it's going to be a good, solid story. But um, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by the storyline because I hadn't thought about what it, what it will be like for someone who was blipped out and back in. And now they've got to, you know, hit the ground running. And I think, I think he's a, I think he's the best actor to portray that in a series format. I think it's going to be great. I'm really, really excited about this one. And my wife has not seen Civil War in, uh, uh, Infinity War or uh, Endgame. So we've really? got to do that between now and then. I was talking to her tonight. I was like, we have to watch those three. Yeah. Captain Marvel's great. Ant Man's great. All of those are great. The ones that you've missed. But these are the three we have to watch before Falcon and Winter Soldier come on. Yeah. Very yeah, pumped. My kids are very angry that WandaVision's over. And I tried to tell them, we've got one week, and then we've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So it will be good. Well, the good news is we're on my kids are on spring break this week. So during the day they can do like a movie every other day and knock it out. Right. You know, so yes. they'll do that. They did. My wife and one of my sons started watching uh, good omens today. So I'm, I oh, fear that that's so going to, I fear that's going to eat up all their time. I wish they'd watch the movies first because that's, they're going to get sucked into good omens, but Sorry, um, I'm on the side of good omens. Yeah. I, that's comfy. Yeah. I'm starting to derail it, but good. I support them in that decision. <laughs> That's a yeah. good show. And I highly recommend the book as well. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, that's what I think about it. And that's all I got to say about that. All right, moving on. Check us out. Rumors say, hey, Jekka, am I cutting you off? Were you no, wanting to just, like, oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm, that's all I'm doing tonight. I was like just trying to get my feet comfortable for where I'm okay. sitting and my foot's not cooperating with the couch. That's oh, in front gotcha. of me. Just, I was giving the couch my dirty eyes. Okay. So. All right. Let's move on. Rumors say Obi-Wan Kenobi will be in the Star Wars and or TV series. So, so according to an original report from the Illuminati, Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi will not only appear in Lucasfilm's live-action Obi-Wan TV series for Disney+, but will also be in the Star Wars Andor series. So just how big of a role? Well, it's said that he will have a recurring role in the Andor show. The report goes on to say, the fact that Obi-Wan will have a sizable role in Andor 
shows that Lucasfilm is making an effort to connect all of its Disney Plus series. Obi-Wan had a close relationship with Senator Bail Organa, so maybe he will be a key contributor of Intel for the growing rebellion. Will the Andor storyline correlate at all with the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? Time will tell. And and that's all that they say. There's no other details on exactly how Kenobi will be incorporated in the series, but this is certainly an interesting rumor. As of right now, there's no confirmation that this news is true, but it'll be interesting to see if it is true. It would also increase, I think, a lot of interest in the series. You know, out of all the Star Wars shows in development, this kind of seems to be one that maybe fans are lukewarm interested in. But, you know, Lucasfilm has added a new cast member to its Obi-Wan Kenobi Plus series in addition to this news. Uh, the new cast member is from Game of Thrones. The actress, oh boy, Indiria Varma. Brandy, did I say that right? Indra. Indra Varma? Yes. All right, well, there's no word on who Varma will be playing in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, but uh, she's obviously joining Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, who's coming back for the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series. And uh, apparently we may see Obi-Wan in the Andor TV series. What do you guys think of this? I think it's going to be great, no matter how they do it. Um, I <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I think that... They've been planning the TV series a lot, like 100 times better than they planned out the movies. Mm -hmm. And so with the time they've taken to plan it out, I think that they're really going to make it work. Yeah. I just want the Ahsoka series. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, my girls would really want to see Ahsoka. I want more Ahsoka Tano. That one episode of Mandalorian was not enough for me. Mm -hmm. I want more. (laughs) Well... I'm that was really a very excited. successful backdoor pilot. I, I'm really excited for the Andor series because I'm really excited to see like the rebellion from Andor's perspective. Because he basically became an assassin for the rebellion and did a lot of dark things for the rebellion. Yeah. And I want to see how that kind of plays out. Um, I'm not really interested as much in Obi-Wan being in it because I don't really care. What? I, I care more about Andor. Incorrect. <laughs> Incorrect. Obi-Wan can be in it. I don't care. I want to see how Cassian Andor works for the Rebellion because it really it really sets out. He talks about in Rogue One how all he, he's done so much for his belief in the Rebellion. And w- what lengths does he go to? What drives him there? I want to see that. Are you are you afraid that I don't want to be afraid, but a little bit apprehensive, perhaps that Obi Wan will take too much of the uh, storyline away by I trying am. to fit him in there? I yeah. am. I it, it feels like they're forcing Obi Wan into it at the moment. I'm hoping they'll work it in more naturally, but that is something I am worried about. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see you and McGregor. I, I'm excited to see him come back as Obi-Wan. Uh, I think he's great. I think he's born for it. I think he loves it. Um, and I think that's pretty evident both in the way he talks about it and the way he plays the role. But um, but I can, I can understand that. I can understand, you know, like you said, trying to force it, right, and having him in there. I, 
I want to see him as much as the next nerd, but, but yeah, I, I can understand that. All right, moving on. Check this out, guys. Japanese, a Japanese billionaire. That's a B, folks. Billionaire. A Japanese billionaire is looking for eight people to fly to the moon with him. And he will pay the entire bill. So if you've always wanted to fly to the moon but don't quite have the funds, Japanese billionaire, Jekka? There's five you, of us. You yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is five of us. Maizawa. 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 Okay. Anyway. There you go. Japanese billionaire Maizawa is looking to pay for your trip. The CEO of fashion retailer Zozo is seeking eight people to fly with him to the moon aboard Elon Musk's SpaceX flight in 2023, the first civilian lunar trip. So this week, Maezawa opened applications for the rare opportunity, which he calls Dear Moon, kind of like, you know, like you're writing a letter, Dear so-and-so, Dear Moon. He said in an announcement video that people from all kinds of backgrounds are encouraged to apply. The fashion tycoon was the first private passenger to book a spot on the expedition for an undisclosed price. Up to 12 people in total are expected to join the mission. I will pay for the entire journey. I have bought all the seats, so it will be a private ride, he said. I hope that together we can make it a fun trip. Maezawa said he originally planned to invite artists to join him, but his idea evolved when he realized that every single person who is doing something creative could be called an artist. Maezawa is known for outlandish public stunts. In February 2020, he pulled the plug on his high-profile campaign to recruit a soulmate for the moon journey after receiving applications from nearly 28,000 potential romantic partners. There are two two key uh, criterias, though, for the trip, Maezawa specified. First, he said... That whatever activity you are into, by going into space, I hope that you can push its envelope to help other people. He also said that he's looking for people who could do something that's even better, even bigger than what they are doing on Earth. Uh, the second second piece of criteria is uh, being willing and able to support other crew members. Other details were not disclosed. According to the Dear Moon website, pre-registration closes on March 14th with initial screenings by March 21st. The final interview and medical checkup is expected to occur by May of this year. We are going to go past the moon, so it will actually end up being further. This mission, we expect people will go further than any human has ever gone from planet Earth, Musk said in Tuesday's video. As for Maezawa, he said he's most looking forward to viewing Earth with his own eyes and seeing Earth rise. I want to be reminded of how small, how insignificant I am, he said, adding that he is a bit scared, but more curious for the journey, end quote. Okay, so once all the applications are vetted and we can kind of get the number lower down can we please please getting a voting system so all of us can vote 
This way we can vote who, who we kick off the planet. <laughs> he could save some money if he just pays for half a trip for some of them. I have some, nom- <laughs> I have some nominees. <laughs> um, I remember when people were talking about going to Mars and all the people that like that big ad campaign and you could vote people to go to Mars. Oh, I remember that. Yes. Yeah. And, and the Mars trip was a one way trip. So it was really like, let's get these people off the planet. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm very curious about that second criterion on being willing and able to support other crew members. Like, Am I going to be holding a barf bag, or are they going to be holding the barf uh, bag for me? Because okay, I if something happens when you pull that series piece, you know. If, if something happens, gonna... remember like a broken leg or anything like that. How willing are you to step up and follow instructions? Or um, alternatively, is this a situation where if they do find out that they're insignificant because they looked at the earth from that far away and they need a shoulder to cry on. Do you have to, do you have to support them in that manner? Or when they're looking at the earth and they're not following directions and you're trying to leave the moon, how willing are you to leave them behind? You know, there's one left at that crater. (laughs) There's one part of this that I want to do a call out on. It says, I want to be reminded of how small, how insignificant I am, he said. You know, all I have to do is ask my kids to clean their room. Um, <laughs> only only a billionaire could go, you know, the only thing that could make me feel small and insignificant <laughs> is if I get launched into space on an experimental vehicle. I mean, you know, it's a long way to go, but just tell your wife, you know, just tell your wife to take the trash out. That'll do it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> how small and insignificant I am. All I have to do is wipe the counter down wrong. That's it. Uh. <laughs> no, my wife's great. But yeah, I mean, I just thought that was funny. That's a, uh, yeah, that's a, I, I don't, that's a very profound statement, but probably not in the way he was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Oh, uh, what? Are you speaking Japanese? <laughs> I yes, am. She's speaking, yes, she's speaking Japanese. Why not? My how, husband, much, right? how much so I, I've lost a lot of it. I mean, I do. I try to speak it with my sister-in-law, who's Japanese, and her kids that she keeps it up with. But man, it is rusty and rough. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, I used to know, especially because, like, I'm a biologist. I used to know a lot of scientific terms, and I've forgotten a lot of them. Strangely enough, I do remember how to pr- like the Japanese word for like various animals. Like, I can go to a zoo, and I'm like, oh, that's a tokage hebi. You know, lion, torazo, all that stuff. And how do you, how do you say Star Wars in Japanese? <laughs> Star Wars. Uh, yes. <laughs> they pretty much take the English word and just make it theirs. They they put their uh, their pronunciations to it. But that funny. is how it is. It's Star Wars. All right, I think it's time to talk some Wandavision. Here we go. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. 
Shakespeare in the Park. And that bell means it is time for our main event, one division finale. No Sparky, too. <laughs> hey, special shout out to all you super nerds who have subscribed to the podcast. We really, really appreciate you guys. Please help us get the word out. Please tell a friend about the podcast. And I want to invite you to hit that podcast subscribe button if you have not done so already. Come on, do it. You'll get plus 10 nerd XP. Nerd XP. All right, guys. WandaVision. We have hit the finale. All the way through it. What'd you guys think? So I want to comment on that song really quick. That, okay. that that Munsters throwback song. That was really good, but it's like Munsters with a twist of Tim Burton. It was it was <laughs> it, it, it literally could have come from the nightmare before Christmas, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, once again they I mean they knocked it out of the park all, all through this whole series they did with pretty much everything. But the the musical score on that has been great every time. I love how they got Catherine Han to actually sing it. Yeah, um, yeah. They, oh, they apparently had tried to get Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany to sing any of the openings. And they're like, no. But <laughs> Catherine Han, she was totally into it. She totally did. It was awesome. I oh, that's that. fine. That makes it like a hundred times better to me. Because I really like Catherine Han. She is one of those actresses that, like, so I have a list of actors and actresses where I forget that they are my absolute favorite because they're just amazing and phenomenal. And I forget that until I see them in a movie. I'm like, oh, I love this person. They are so good. And Catherine Hahn is one of those. So like when she first appeared in that very first episode, I was super excited. Like I was already kind of like, mm, you know, like I was watching WandaVision because I didn't have any of the shows to watch and Mandalorian was done. And I was like needing a rebound, you know. Um, and then she popped up and I was like, okay, she's in it. I'm going to stick around for this. And I'm, I'm very pleased that where she turned up i was like yes this is even better <laughs> yeah that apparently that song was number one on uh yeah itunes was itunes chart yeah yeah itunes chart really yes wow, that's that's For, great and so yeah. she didn't know that it happened until her kids started bugging her about it <laughs> yeah you're number one on the charts mom <laughs> <laughs> that, that that'd be wild I only had one negative thing to say about the final episode, and that was the cameo. It was a sad trombone for the cameo. They they had played up there was going to be a big cameo, and oh, it was yeah. – yeah, it was just him as White Vision. That was well, – <laughs> Oh. Yeah, no Magneto. I kept yeah. – honest, I kept yelling Magneto throughout Mephisto. the episode. I'll be honest. 
I was Mephisto or Doctor Strange. I was thinking it was going to be one of them. But. So now I realize what Paul Bettany meant with an actor he's always wanted to act with. Oh, himself? Himself. Um, to piggyback Lame. off of that, I was laughing really hard that once again we got a scene with Vision having a philosophical discussion with a robot. That was the version of himself. I thought that was very funny. When that happened, I was like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> I'm almost, I was, that, that scene probably intrigued me just as much as any, as far as the way it ended, because I didn't know, I told my kids, I was like, you know, vision is a machine, right? And, you know, he could be a toaster, you know, whatever the, if if you can get your consciousness, that consciousness into another thing, then he could theoretically, I guess, exist, you know, for infinity. But I, you know, and I was wondering if that's what he did, if he transferred into that physical being, the consciousness, you know, of a vision and then white vision was gone. Right. I don't know if that's what happened. I don't know if that's how we'll see the other vision in the future. I don't know if that'll come into play at all. But that I, that made me wonder probably just about more than anything in the episode is what's going to happen, because vision is such a great character and you would love to see him carry on in the MCU. So, well, where did White Vision go? I mean, he he ta- he, ta- he, he went takes, away to think. Well, he, he he takes off. So what is what does this mean for the MCU moving forward? What do you think? I don't know. I it makes me wonder if we will see him come back. It, like I kind of it's one of those things where I'm like, so I I you know we were saying like WandaVision would be one season, and I'm like, with what they did, they can easily open it up for another season of WandaVision. Um, but I don't know if that's their plan. It, it's like, I'm I'm like, I'll either like to see that white vision in the Doctor Strange movie or maybe the one scheduled after that. But in reality, like they could easily do another WandaVision season two. I mean, it may not be the whole TV. Maybe they'll do a WandaVision movie. Ooh, uh, maybe they would do that. Well, well I think that's that. how it's going to fold into the multiverse, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. The one thing that was really hard on me was how they seem to overhype the show where they're like, oh, we've got these spoilers and trying like getting people really into it. It was great as it was. And the overhyping created disappointments for me, kind of like Magneto and how we were like, because they had overhyped too much, I think. And I think that was the big problem with the show. It wasn't the show itself. It was around it, the overhyping that happened. They, I was out at the end when, you know, in the first end scene, when Rambo looks up, you know, I was like, oh, here it comes, here it comes. And then there were more credits. And I was like, no! I can't. <laughs> and, and so there's some of that that I just was fantastic. I loved Monica Rambo. And I really liked how she wasn't overhyped. It was, she's going to be in this. This is going to be great. And she did, that. the actress did absolutely wonderful. And it was fantastic. And I love the interchange between all the characters. It flowed so well between all of them. Enjoy prison. <laughs> we, got, we got our first mention of the Scarlet Witch. 
calling uh calling Wanda the Scarlet Witch, and we got her a real costume, which is more plum colored than red, if you ask me. But I think it's more like blood colored. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'll it, take it looked it looked blood colored to me. Yeah, no, I and that was I feel like that to me, and even though that was in like the previous episode, episode eight, when she finally gets labeled the Scarlet Witch. I was actually kind of excited for that because I was sitting yes. there. We had all like her Halloween costume, and she's like, "I'm a Sokovian fortune teller," and I was like, "Oh, they're like dancing around her title, the Scarlet Witch." So to me, at least, it was very satisfying to finally hear those wonderful words, the Scarlet Witch, and acknowledge this X Men character. <laughs> I'm like, "Thank you, thank you." <laughs> I really love. A little bit more complete now. <laughs> The foreshadowing that happened. Does she have a nickname? Like one of those names? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Uh, didn't quite. It, well, it didn't quite turn into the uh, the X Men crossover that everybody started freaking out over. Which, I love that. Yeah, I, I, I loved how that turned like out. Because it. it it addressed the whole idea of bringing in the uh, bringing in the X Men from Fox's X Men. It brought it up in a way that was very subtle, and then it completely smacked it on the floor and said, "No, <laughs> we're not doing that. We're going to do our own X Men. This is not an X Men." Yeah, but why? Why even bring him into the series then? Like it, it was kind of well, it's kind it of pointless. Ended. Can she still be married to Ralph? But can it, Agnes still be married to Ralph so we can keep him, even if he's but, not Quicksilver? But what I'm saying, it was all it was all pointless, though. I mean, like, why not just bring back the original dude then? At that point, you know, well, from the 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 actor that played Quicksilver in uh, Age of Ultron. The whole point was that it wasn't, yeah, actually her brother because she was Ralph. Yeah, because she said that she was messing with her by bringing back some rendition of her brother and making her think like pretty much him saying i'm your brother and she's just like put on the spot you know you know how when like someone comes up to you and they're like hey it's been a long time and you're sitting there like i don't know this person like that's what agatha did mm-hmm. to throw off wanda just to discover like what exactly she's doing yeah i thought the i thought the the rune trick was really good that mm-hmm. um you know and and you can see both with vision and white vision I don't know what to call them, but so vision and white vision and, (laughs) um, and Wanda and Agatha, they, you could see they were learning from one another, like, um, vision phased through white vision. And then later in their battle, um, white vision did the same thing. And then the same thing happened with, with, uh, um, Harkness, um, disappearing, and mm. then then Wanda kind of picked up on that and did it. But then it goes back even further when she's like, thanks for teaching me the tricks. And the runes are all inside the hex. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was really there was a lot of there was a lot of learning going on there and throwbacks to earlier, either in the episode or in the season that the, the whole series was just clever. I mean, it was just clever the way they did so yeah. much of that. You know, one of the runes looked like an M, you know, very much like her, like her uh, yes. headpiece, her you crown. know, yeah. exactly. And, and, you know, the, you, you talked about the color of her, of her costume. Um, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's red, but it's also kind of got that, 
it's it's like it was the red and the purple um mixed together so it mm. created more like that deep crimson you know so it's it's both of those magics absorbed together in that one color so there there were a lot of really subtle neat things like that in there that that really uh that really just it, it was all just icing on the cake I was just gonna like say that um so I actually I just I rewatched the last episode earlier today before the podcast just to kind and and like I and I'm glad I did because I feel like the first time I watched it I felt disappointed because of all the hype going on you know the whole rumors of like a Luke Skywalker-esque cameo appearance and when that didn't happen, you know, like the first time when I finished watching, I was like, oh, OK. And then watching it a second time, I was like, no, I really like this. Like mm-hmm. that that la- that scene between Wanda and Vision when she's bringing down the hex and he's go- he's disappearing. Like that was more like I appreciate that scene more the second time around than the first time around. Because the first time around, I was like, what? It's almost over. Come on. And the second time around, it was like. I, I think I could actually enjoy the story. So I, I, I'm with you there, Amanda. Like, I wish they hadn't tried to hype it up so much and just, like, you know, just said, like, it's going to be great, you know, and, and just leave it at that and not try to, like, get us, like, get our expectations up so high. You know? I yeah. think it would have been better if they hadn't have done that. Well, I think maybe in the actors' minds, white vision was like a Luke Skywalker moment to them. And for us, it wasn't. It it was never. It, it it didn't even come close to that same level. Or at least for me, no. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it would have. Oh, go, go on, ahead, Brady. Go on, Brady. I insist. Okay. okay. No, I think you're. I was just going to concur. I think you're right. I think that it would have literally taken a. Luke Skywalker level cameo to, you know, like we had talked about previously to, uh, you know, to, to meet that expectation. And they did hype that up a bit, but, um, but yeah, I'm right with you on that. Yeah. The the closest they came was Fox's Quicksilver actor. Yeah. That's the closest. And it was all a mind mess with the fans. It was just to mess with us. And I thought that it, that was brilliant. Though. Oh, 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 it was, was totally brilliant. What, I why was that brilliant? That. That's annoying and stupid. <laughs> well, it like, was brilliant. It's, it's, brilliant in what way? Look, we're going to piss off all the fans by making no, them think no, that way we're bringing in all the X Men because we own them from the mocks from Fox. But we're gonna we're gonna bring one over, but it's not going to be real. And then by the end of the series, we're going to say, "Screw you, fans! It was, you, you're not getting oh, your Magneto." It no, was like, it was like Sprint hiring the Verizon guy. People. That's all it was. It's the whole purpose of a writer's existence is to torture people. Like that's all we live for. We want you to be angry and cursing our names because when you're angry at us and throwing our books or screaming at the TV, that means we've done a good job. Yeah, sure. I honestly what think the- it was. Uh, like I was saying, it is an amazing move on their part to simply say, uh, to simply put to rest the idea of bringing in the current X Men. Mm-hmm. 
if you if they're already using a key uh, key actors in other places, then they can't bring them in. And that whole problem with the continuity that the X Men franchise had is out the window. They don't even yeah. have to worry about that. They can just yeah. say everything here from this point forward, everything is Marvel X Men, not Fox X Men. Yeah. One of the other cool nods they did to. Um the X-Men franchise Quicksilver was when the kid had to go take care of the soldiers. He stole one of their hats and put it on. And I don't know if you guys remember that. (laughs) I think it may be days for future past. I I don't know which one it was, but when he ran around that lab and he grabbed one of their hats and put it on, it was, it was, (laughs) it was, it was, it was basically a frame by frame, you know, replication of that shot. You know, I, I, I didn't realize that at the time, but yeah, I see it now. Yeah. I still think it's stupid, though. They need Magneto. Okay, look. Is, is the season two? Okay, we still have is, the potential of Magneto coming and coming and talking to her will, about the future, though. We will still have that? Will Magneto be Wanda's dad when the MCU brings the mutants into the uh, fold? And that's something that Multiverse of Madness is going to have, is going to do. It's going to fix all the stupid? Yes. Uh, You can't fix Fox's X-Men. You can't. X-Men's continuity and that stuff. He's just mad Magneto wasn't in WandaVision. That's the stupid he's talking about. Really? That's That's the only thing you were mad at? That's the only thing he's mad at. That's literally the only thing he's mad about. Look, look. Half of the X-Men movies were great. X-Men, X-Men 2. Uh, X Men Day, X Men First Class, okay. X Men Days of Future Past. Those were all fantastic films. Okay, yes, but, we're but not they going followed them up with trash. Yes, exactly the problem. And so now we have to be careful as we're going along the MCU in how we introduce the X Men. WandaVision exactly. would have been a perfect place to introduce Magneto. It yeah. would have been perfect. It would have, but they didn't have it set up yet to bring them together. They don't have any references to. Yeah. Well, I don't think there should be a season two because WandaVision was a self-contained story. Maybe another Wanda series, but not a WandaVision series. Look, I, I like. They can add Magneto later. And that's the great part of it. I like what, I like what the MCU TV shows are doing. They're, they're, they're not, uh, they're not multi-season stories. They're 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 a series with a very with they're a very, long movies with yeah. a very targeted storyline goal plot wise, and they get it done and they can they can move on and it moves the whole MCU forward as opposed to just you know a storyline in a TV show. That that's Absolutely. the good part, but. But yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I don't really know how they would have added Magneto to all of it. So, so does this truly disconnect though all of the other Marvel shows? We talking about okay. So there's no, some... all the X Men shows. Oh no, um, Agents of Shield and no, it doesn't count anymore. I'm going to be bringing I think it does though. Moment, it does. They I brought still... the Darkhold in for the they third did, yes. time. That's three shows that have the dark hold in it. And this one looks very what, different. All right, all right. Explain the dark hold. The so dark hold the, was go ahead, Jacka. Oh, Bob, you probably could explain it better than me. <laughs> oh, well, I'll I'll take a stab at it. Well, the dark hold was in um 
oh god it must have been like season three or four of agents of shield and uh it had to do with or it was in the same season that robbie reyes reyes was the um ghost writer. What, was ghost writer and it has to do it's this book that acts as like a conduit between uh spirit realm and the um uh, and our realm well it was there and it was used by um what was the android's name Oh, I can't uh, life remember. Decoy. I can't wow. remember. I just remember that this the guy. So in Agents of Shield, the ba- the baddie, bad guy, he used the dark hold to create like pr- pretty much a matrix in a way. That's pretty much what it yeah. was. And because he wanted to trap um, the Agents of Shield in there, so he can kind of go off and do his things without them interfering with his various plans. Um, so he creates what's called the framework, and he traps them in there, and they lead these alternate lives. Oh, that's um, right. That was a good season, actually. That was a really good season, yeah. And that was oh, when, yeah. like, we were first introduced to the Darkhold um, because um, Ghost Rider, he's trying to, Ghost Rider and Coulson, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, they're trying to obtain it so they can stop this guy. Um, yeah. Because he pretty much wants to take over the world by using the framework to do it. It results in a whole bunch of like fun, crazy things that peter out, like continue on through the rest of the series. Yeah. But yeah, not only was it there, it was also in the Runaways. Oh, was it? Like I remember hearing that there was in three, but I haven't seen Runaways. That's on my list. I need to get around to it. Runaways is a good one-time watch for me. Yeah. So, so what? So, what is the Darkhold going to do in the MCU moving forward? Do you think? Well, it connects the uh, it connects WandaVision firmly to magic. Before she uh, before in the MCU, she was connected to the Mind Stone, and we all assume she got her powers from the Mind Stone. But this firmly connects her to chaos magic, and firmly connects her to the Cthulhu type uh, um, type Elder God. That um, or that, and this is from what I've been reading because I haven't I'm not really all that read up on. Uh, on Scarlet Witch, but it firmly connects her to that and thus making her a, a part of Doctor Strange's camp of or type of characters. Mm-hmm. Mm. So okay. this this acts to uh, reinforce the fact that those shows are still canon. They they ended them, but they're still part of the MCU. But as I was reading, the dark hole looks significantly different than they showed in the Marvel TV shows. Fair. Well, and apparently, they're it's different in each of them, right? Like I, I mean, I, I'm only familiar with like the Shield and WandaVision, but is it does it look the same in ways? Who's to say that it has to look the same? That's that's my thing too. Like I'm like. Like when when Agatha said the dark hole, like I was like, wait a second, I've heard that name before, and I had to mm-hmm. like kind of look it up, and that's when I found out like it was from Shield, and it, it, especially because her words, she says, "This is the dark hole. It's the book of the dam," and I was like, wait, I remember that, and that's kind of what made me yeah. make that connection back to Shield and Ghost Rider. That means we like, have, yeah. yeah. I mean, that means we have something connecting us back to um age of ultron time frame of shows we have something trailing all the way back there so it isn't just like a brand new story 
this is a story pulling small threads together from previous uh, phases of the MCU and then just saying, okay, now we're going to explore this. And what I've been thinking is that they're actually going to be exploring not only the aftermath of Endgame with uh, Anthony Mackie and um, Sebastian Stane in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but they're on the other side of the token, they're going to be looking at a lot of the repercussions of uh, what Thanos did and the repercussions of what's happening to Wanda. And I think yeah, Wanda's going to be our big villain going forward. Who do you think? I is? hope so. I think she Wanda. will be a villain. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Her, I hope. her she was, she's going to be like a Phoenix level character. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude, she was in the comics, dude. It was awesome. You know, yeah, you know there, was yeah. there was something else that happened in the comics. I was kind of wondering, I just thought about it. So with the inclusion of the X-Men, like in the comics, she and Cyclops eventually become, you know, uh, a couple. And nah, I'm wondering if that's not going to happen. You don't think that'll happen in the MCU? Nah. I mean, it happens in the comics. Nah, half the characters in the X-Men universe uh, date each other at one point in time or another. <laughs> so, I'm pretty so sure Wolverine has dated every woman in the X-Men. So it's a question of who are they going to bring into the X-Men? Are they going well. to bring traditional X-Men in first? Or are they going to bring non-traditional like it they can pick and choose which characters of the X-Men because there's so many X-Men to choose from. I hope they just start referencing mutants like offhand in the movies. Just just start talking. Oh yeah, and uh and in other news, I heard that there's this guy with this weird mutation and he ends up he's like setting himself on fire, and then Thor's like <laughs> And then they move on with the film and everything, so, but they do these subtle hints. I, I, I'm so hoping that they bring Rogue in with the next Captain Marvel movie. But I hope they bring her in without her really revealing her powers, but becoming like just like a character with lines. No. And so basically her um basically pulling herself into the circle of mm-hmm. the Avengers. And then later on, it comes that she steals Captain Marvel's powers. I can speaking see of, that. Speaking, I of, think that would be speaking cool. of powers, uh, Monica. Yeah. Yeah. That, dude. Wasn't she like? Uh, wasn't she like one of the first Captain Marvels? Um, Captain Marvel was first a dude. I mean, she was one of the first ones, though, wasn't she? Monica Rambo? Um, oh, I don't know. So, Captain Marvel for the longest time was always a dude. Are you um, talking about might, Shazam? She, no. Okay, you're talking about I'm MCU. talking about MCU. <laughs> okay, I'm not as familiar. I'm talking about the comics. I'm not as familiar. Um, she okay, might have been a Ms. Marvel. Because Carol Danvers was Ms. Marvel. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. This is where yeah. I was hoping you guys could chime in because I was like, whoa, she's getting these crazy cool powers. So um, she and actually she becomes Photon and she's been most frequently in the comics Photon. She's also been Spectrum, but mostly Photon. Okay. Okay. And I think she just absorbs like whatever energies she's hit with, right? Because her eyes were glowing different colors depending on the energy, like the bullets, the kinetic energy. They were like a, a yellow color. And when she came through the hex wall, they were like a blue like a real bright yeah. blue um so i think that she I, I i don't know 
anything about Photon really, aside from what I've seen just you know recently in 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 the wake of these episodes. Um, but that seems to be my understanding, right? That she she absorbs energies, and I I don't know. Can she can she ref- reflect those? I don't know. I don't know anything about. I it. wonder how she got the powers. Um, I was I, I was kind of wondering that too. Like I'm wondering if her going through the hex somehow activated everything. So the question is, is did she have a mutant gene that was activated on traveling kinda, through the hex? I was kind of wondering that too. <laughs> yeah. And when they did the x-ray, remember they did the x-ray of her and it was blown out and they were like, Oh, it was a, it was a bad exposure. Cause it was all just, bri- yeah. Overexposure. Um, but it, it was, was after she had gone through that. They, yeah. They're being real subtle. They're not outwardly saying anything. And then near the end, all of a sudden, they have these things and then they don't even address it. Yeah. And then that after credit scene, Austin, yeah. that after credit scene. Yeah. With so the uh, kids. That's how I hope they introduce the X-Men with like bringing them subtly in. We don't necessarily notice them. They're kind of background characters that slowly kind of creep in. That's well, what I want them to do with the X-Men. Well, with the kids. No, I'm talking no. about the I, end credits. Did you did you stay in the theater for the end credit scenes, Austin? <laughs> At, okay, which end credit scene are you yeah, talking about? I, I'm talking. I'm talking about first uh, or second. I'm talking about the second one where she hears her kids in the background. Oh, I oh, didn't watch that. Looking through the dark hold. Yeah. Oh, you didn't watch that one. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, which spoiler for Bob? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it now. No, okay. I was uh, I was talking about the one where um, Monica is meets up with that scroll, and she's like, "Hey, you got an old friend up there." So here's the interesting thing: is I'm really excited to see how the scrolls are integrating into a lot of the protection of Earth because the scrolls actually are an enemy in most of the comic books yeah and so i'm loving secret invasion well that's coming it's gotta it it has to be coming and i'm hoping that they don't do it right now okay but i I do want to i want to i want to go back to the second uh end credit scene so wanda is in like full scarlet witch mode she's got you know, red misty magic going. She's That's doing. She's in the astral plane. She's doing her hand things, and uh, and as as she is doing that, she starts to hear Wiccan and Speed like say, "Mom, mom, hey, yeah, mom." Like, and then and then it ends. It's that. What what are they foreshadowing? Is she like? I think they're setting it up so that way Wanda is like obsessively looking for them. Does, does and she- maybe she's starting to break? the bonds of reality to try to get them back. And that's where Dr. Strange comes in. Does she find weaknesses between the multiverses trying to find them? Ooh. Yeah. Like that scene, the end credit scene reminded me a lot of into the spider verse. Cause that's what the Kingpin was doing. He was trying to break into multiverses to bring back his wife and son. Cause they were killed. And like, that's why you have uh, all these Spider-Man running around with, miles you know so so that that it was one of those things because i was like we have you know wanda she's kind of split into like she's got her spiritual self sitting in the astral plane like what we've seen dr strange do and it looked like to me that she had portals open i don't know she was doing something she had all this stuff around her Ooh, she was creating the dark cool. hole 
you know and so like it it had a lot of like that into the spider-verse vibe to it very which then makes me secretly want to see miles in a future show so. oh, <laughs> like oh, i yes. want miles to pop in like in his animated form you know have like that yeah. like chitty chitty bang bang or uh, not chitty chitty bang bang but not some broomsticks and mary poppins so mm. now i wonder if they're we're gonna get a live action miles morales for no way home Ooh, I'm really hoping No Way Home turns to be it turns out to be like a um, an Into Spider Verse number two. That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I would be okay if it was a the cart the animated Miles Morans running around. I'm like that. Would be- <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that. I think that would be so funny. That'd be interesting. So, who do you think I Monica was looking pig. at? I want Spider Pig. <laughs> Spider Pig. Spider Ham. <laughs> So who do you All guys right. think Monica was looking at when they when the scroll pointed over? I think it was uh, Fury. I, I think it was Fury. I think it was Fury. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Either that or it's uh, Captain Marvel. That those are the only two that. Yeah. I, I actually thought maybe it was Captain Marvel at first, and then and then I kind of thought maybe Fury. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Any any other uh, any other uh, thoughts? Last minute thoughts uh, before we start um, wrapping things up. Can we talk about how funny it is that Agent Wu is like able to grab that phone off the table and nobody notices? <laughs> Even the guy right behind him. I, <laughs> I was looking at him so hard oh, that I he's just like handcuffed with his hands behind his back. The table's in front of him, and he like gets the phone, and the guards are just standing there like we don't see anything. I'm just like, what? <laughs> don't you remember? Because of Ant Man, he learned magic tricks. Yeah. <laughs> He did, yeah. That's like, pretty funny. Over there, pay attention to your director. I'm going to swipe this phone under your nose. <laughs> but that's even another th- good throwback, right? I mean, they've got so many references back. You know, it's like, oh yeah, he knows sleight of hand. You know, <laughs> so yeah. they were able to factor that into the storyline with him getting out of the cuffs. You know, it's just and uh, they might have been showing that all throughout the series to prep us for him stealing the phone, right? No, they they weren't. No, they they, they weren't proving that too much. To me. It just cracked me up when yeah. I saw that. I was like, "Wow, yeah. that was easy being in a tent surrounded by like high security spies, kind of thing." <laughs> so, I, think, yeah. I think my final thought on Wandavision is like, if I had to give it a rating, it, it'd be very high, like on a one to ten. I think, I think it was a solid nine. I mean, it was really good. I, I enjoyed it. I think it was smart. I think they started it off slow. I know Austin really loved the first few episodes. <laughs> um, but I think that it was all a means to an end. And I think those foundational episodes were really uh, were really solid. And I think the whole series was smart and, and very well done. I agree. So I agree. the one thing I have loved hearing them talk about after the series is that they purposely didn't resolve plot holes so that they can use those plot holes for different ideas later on. And so that makes me excited. And that's very Uh, typical of Marvel. They like to tie things back together. Like I I remember age of Ultron, they bring up Wakanda. I think it was like early on, like age of Ultron or captain America or something like they brought up Wakanda. And then all of a sudden like becomes this, paramount country you know we got black panther we have civil war and then like infinity wars and all that and it was just like whoa wakanda wow and that was just kind of like 
thrown out there and we're like, okay, moving on. Made up name in a, you know, comic book TV movie. But yeah. All right. WandaVision. We are ready for Falcon and the Winter Soldier in two weeks. Yeah. So there yes, you go. Hey, Austin. Yeah. What are we doing next week? Hey, that's a good thing to talk about. <laughs> but before I get that, I'm going to say, hey, hit that podcast subscribe button, folks. Please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever else you find us. Brady, next week, we are going to be talking Bob's Book Club. We are, we are going to be discussing our favorite books. Uh, we, we originally were going to be talking about what book, Amanda? Across the Face of the World. Across the Face of the World, but none of us really read it. No, you <laughs> decided. You decided you weren't going to read no. it, so you wanted to do this. No. That's what happened. I couldn't find a copy anywhere. Yeah, Jacob couldn't find it either. Anyways, anyways, so what we're doing is we're just gonna be we're just gonna be talking nerd books. We're just gonna nerd out on books next episode. So if there's a book that you think we should be reading, you guys should uh, leave us a voicemail with your thoughts at anchor.fm/supernerdpodcast. You can also email us your thoughts at supernerdpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Search Super Nerd Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a share, but from all of us at Super Nerd Podcast, stay nerdy, my friends. Have fun. Catch you later. Bye. Sparky too.